Let us pray that the power of the Holy Spirit may descend upon us, not as a mighty wind, not as a fire, not as earthquake, but as a still, small voice speaking to us of God's love and will. Glory to God who has given us salvation in his Son, Jesus Christ. Glory to God forever and ever. Amen. Please be seated. This was an actual conversation that occurred less than four hours ago. You will have to determine who were the participants. I will give you a hint. I was one of them. Father Andrew, you know, you may have to be prepared to do the Mass today. I am taking the bishops to the airport. Father, I'm glad to do that. You better, be, uh, you better know what the readings are. I've already read them, Father, and in fact, I thought it was very interesting that there's, we're talking about Naaman and we're talking about the lepers. I think it's a relatively easy thing to preach on. Father Andrew, it sounds as if you have something already on your heart. If you would like, you are welcome to preach the sermon. Father, you just want out of the sermon. Father Andrew, you could have said, blah, 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 and I would have said, you sound like you have something on your heart that you want to preach. I think you should do the sermon. Every word of it is true. But fortunately, I have had a little bit of time to think about this. I was not planning on preaching today. However, yeah, yeah, yeah. However, what we are hearing today is a wonderful passage, and I will admit that I am going to crib mercilessly from our retreat with the bishop, because actually there is a passage that occurs immediately, or almost immediately before our Old Testament lesson, that I think fits in very, very nicely. So my question for you is, are you, one, are you the one leper, or are you the nine other lepers? Now, obviously, the answer that comes or should come from you is, well, I want to be the one leper. Obviously, this is the one that is the, the person who is held out as worthy of praise. But my question for you is, why? What is it about that leper that stands out to you as being the quality that we ought to emulate? Now, I think that there are several answers that we could look at. We could look at, for example that all ten of these lepers had been miraculously cured by Jesus and that they had done, they had been cured out of their desire and their recognition of him as the Son of God and asking of him mercy. And in so doing, Jesus recognized that all ten understood that he came with a power that was not of this earth, and that they recognized the power of God that was behind him. Fairly simple, ultimately. And yet, as these lepers turn on, the one leper turns back and says, I need to give thanks to you, Lord God. Now, we could wonder why it is that this is what occurs. Of course, we do recognize that this is actually a fairly common occurrence in life, that oftentimes we are on our knees and we are asking God for this or for that, for deliverance, for cure, 
that money problems can be alleviated, that our problems with Great Aunt Betty can somehow be assuaged. And of course, oftentimes, God is gracious and gives us what we ask. But what's interesting here is that we recognize in the nine lepers how we ourselves are all together too often. And in asking what it is about that one leper who turned and showed the kind of thankfulness that we ourselves would like to believe of ourselves as being the thankfulness that we should be showing God all the time, we recognize that that quality that that leper showed is something that eludes us much of the time. So what is it about that quality? Now, I think that one of the ways that we are inclined to look at it is that that particular leper recognized that Jesus was the Christ. The problem with that is that apparently the other nine did as well. They would not have asked for his mercy had they not recognized that. And so it's not, I think, about the greatness of Christ, even though that, of course, is the means by which it occurs. So what is it? I think that we have a little bit of a clue in the Old Testament lesson. We see that Naaman had come galloping to meet Elijah. Sorry, Elisha, important distinction. And he is met by, he is met by not Elisha, but by someone reporting from Elisha saying, go wash in the Jordan seven times. And Naaman is outraged that he is being treated thusly. Naaman is a leper, but he's also someone who's important, and he is not used to being treated like he's not someone important. And so he grumbles. And I actually even read that Naaman does a number of things, actually seven in number, that he does to give his displeasure to God that he is not being treated the way he would. And yet it is his helper who says to him, you know, this Elisha guy is of God. You ought to do it. And so he does it. And in so doing, his skin is made as clean as a baby's. What is it about the act of reaching to God and God's reaching into us that is most miraculous? There's many things. But what is it that's most miraculous? I think that we live in a culture that likes to believe that the greater the storm and drong, the greater the symbols and the clanging of bells, the more indicative it is that something important is happening to us. And yet it's exactly the opposite. A reading that the bishop gave to us on our retreat comes in 1 Kings, and it's about Elijah. Elijah was the one who chose Elisha to succeed him. And behold, the Lord passed by, and a great and strong wind rent the mountains, and broke in pieces the rocks before the Lord, but the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake, an earthquake but the Lord was not in the earthquake. 
and after the earthquake, a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a still, small voice. And when Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his mantle and went out and stood at the entrance of the cave. God definitely speaks in the great and loud clanging of bells and cymbals. But if we look into each of our lives, how often is it that God has spoken to us like that versus God speaking to us in the still, small voice? I'm willing to bet that for most of us that it occurs at those moments when the still small voice comes to us and we recognize that indeed God has deigned to speak to us in our brokenness and in our pride. That is the most miraculous thing that occurs in our relationship with God. Naaman may or may not have heard the Holy Spirit when he finally deigned to wash. But he submitted. He submitted to God, and he did what he was told to do, and God blessed him. Wonderful thing. Something that we all ask for, and that indeed we do receive blessings from God. But what differentiates Naaman from that one leper that went to Jesus was that the one leper initially turned away and began to walk away from the Lord, stopped, and turned back. Why did he turn back? I would hold that he turned back because the still small voice of God spoke to him and told him that it was not about the amazing thing that had been done to him, but that in fact, it was because the Lord of life had actually deigned to reach down into his brokenness and touch him and make him whole. I think the lesson for us is do we aspire to be the nine lepers or the one leper? Make no mistake, a wonderful thing occurred to all ten. They all received God's blessing. But the one leper, in turning back, heard the still small voice of God. And in that sense, his experience was a more complete one because he not only received the benefits of God, he also recognized that he had been in the presence of the Almighty and that the Almighty had touched him. In our daily lives, we receive God's blessings all the time. Our being here today is a blessing. Our being at the clergy retreat over this last weekend with our bishops was a blessing. We receive blessings day in and day out with our families, with our co-workers, with our friends, when we have something that is wonderful that occurs, when we have something that is difficult, but something that we still listen and hear God's voice and turn and hearken to it. 
So make no mistake, we have God's blessings all the time. The question for us is, do you listen for the still small voice? If you do, then I can guarantee you that while you may benefit from a Lord who has given all for us, you yet gain a greater closeness, a greater intimacy with that Lord that loves us. And in the end, that intimacy is the thing that we hunger for. The miracles, the blessings, as our friends from other churches used to say, it's all good. My wish for you is that we know that voice and that we turn to it in the hopes of our ultimate salvation. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.